On today's podcast, I sit down with Scott to talk about his incredible teaching career and how he has been able to influence hundreds of kids through health and education. In 2019, Scott was named Health Teacher of the Year and wrote a book called Growing Up Great. His passion for education and health shines through his teaching, writing, but also his own life. He began CrossFit in its infancy and has been involved in the community ever since. He opened his own gym and coaches others to help them reach their fitness goals. Listen to hear the abundance of knowledge that he has to share. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me. So kind of like everybody else, let's start from the beginning. Uh, what was growing up, let's say, middle school to high school, uh, fitness-wise, athletics? Like, What were you into? Yeah, so I grew up... Um, <clears throat> In elementary school, middle school, high school, I, I did enjoy sports a lot, mm -hmm. and I got into some of that stuff like the, uh, uh, what was the the old soccer AYSO? Okay, so I started with like youth soccer, okay. baseball, yeah, um, park district stuff, yep, uh, uh, even basketball, um, and then I landed in, it, it, I ended up moving okay. by. Um, Fit, what was I fifth grade? Mm -hmm. and my dad got a job overseas in England, so oh, wow. we moved from um, Illinois to Europe for to England for a couple of years yeah because there's this job opportunity he had and uh, I continued sports there met a whole bunch of great yeah. it gave you gave me an amazing worldview first yeah. of all but then met a lot of amazing athletes mm -hmm. moved back um, to so Illinois let's 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 break that down yeah, what, sure. what, what was it like moving from Illinois um, I wouldn't say necessarily conservative but the United States is much different than England so what were some of the differences that you saw when you went over there? Well so I was 10 okay. and it was a shock to to everything so yeah. there's like there's this culture shock that happens I remember actually being told you know we're moving and um, I didn't understand what that meant I was right. like okay so we're so where what state are we going to yeah. and they're like we're not gonna my parents are like we're not gonna live in the states yeah moving over to Europe I was like well Okay, what's your like? Your, I'm <laughs> yeah. What's the difference between um, a block down the street and we're moving to the UK? I'm like, what's the UK? Yeah, like, you know, so UK. Yeah. What does that mean? England. What's there's all these different terms for the same place, but uh, right. It was a social. I moved from my friends, so mm -hmm. that was probably the biggest item I was worried about. Yeah, is creating um, friends. Yeah, and uh, so it absolutely was different. But because we went to. Uh, the circumstances was my parents were educators, and so mm -hmm. my father went to uh, help out with the American school systems that were on the military bases. Ah, in, okay. In, and they were, you know, I'm older, so there's still there's still few stationed there, mm -hmm. uh, but not quite as many as that was late '80s into the '90s. Yeah. Um, so we were on an Air Force and Army base. Okay. For the U.S., so I was going to school with other American children, ah. but they were all traveling because of their parents were mostly in the military right. military families are just they're moving all the time yeah. so they would spend four years here four years there so yeah. a lot of my friends just came from germany a lot of them came from other places in the u.s okay um and uh that was cool but also you could have a friendship going on and all mm. of a sudden you're notified in the military we're moving next week you know or we're oh, restationed no. so you see people come and go like yeah. crazy um, so the culture piece was we lived in, uh, like English, uh, countryside, basically like okay. everything you would see from movies and just right. rolling hills yeah. and, uh, yeah. lots of rain, yeah. <laughs> but, but then I went to the American base. So I had part, you're immersed in that yeah. British, um, culture, but I also still had that piece of America mm -hmm. because of the way that the schools were set up. So, with, so anyway, that was when I was. So with 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 the sports, um, what was the what was the difference between when you were playing here and playing overseas? What was travel? So you had to because there were bases that were 
hours away, it uh-huh. was difficult to play another team. So you could do like this almost like intramurals within yeah. your base or mm-hmm. the school. Um, but you'd, you'd have to travel in order to play. And this is England, so there wasn't a whole lot of baseball, yeah. you know. Um, but soccer was big. Yeah. So, um, or football, I guess they would call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could do some of this stuff. I, I was basically part of the American teams Okay. at that point. I'm trying to remember back but i remember doing clubs with some of the british students as well and they were absolutely better than anybody that i had ever seen really? at that point much better it was just they grew up with that with yeah. soccer okay so it's just that's what they did all the time it seems yeah. that there's a lot more soccer fields even available yeah and a lot more kids playing there mm-hmm. um so, so there's a little of, of both of those so that, i remember that that aspect was like opened my eyes to D- different sports like cricket and okay. you know, rugby and stuff like that. Oh, did you um, did you play cricket and rugby? No, no, I only messed with it. Yeah, uh, you know, in a PE style setting. Right, but uh, I kind of stuck to um, baseball a lot, young soccer, mm-hmm. and then I got into basketball by middle school and high yeah. school, and then I ended up running track. My I suppose my best sport eventually was track and field. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, was there anybody growing up that you wanted to be? Like athletic wise, was that your parents like, oh, I want to be like them, or was there someone that you kind of modeled your sports after? I mean, at that point, it was Jordan. You know, Michael yep. Jordan was everything to me. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, even before they won championships. He was an idol of mine. Yeah. Um, Peyton, Walter Peyton. So I'm a Cubs, Bears, Bulls fan. Um, you know, like Sandberg, Grace, Andre Dawson, I was a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could tell like that work ethic. Like I would read books on Walter Peyton. Okay. Just, yeah. As a as an elementary school kid, yeah, it was just sports, sports, sports. Like, yeah. what book are you gonna do a book report on? Right. Like, uh, <laughs> can I do another one on Walter Payton? Like that guy's work ethic was just you'd read about the workouts he would do solo. Yeah. Um, and this is before I think before some of the maybe not maybe it's at the same time, but some of the like individualized personal trainer programs would come out right. of a yeah. professional athlete. Yeah. But I admired that that work ethic was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to take that into other parts of life too. So yeah, yeah, but like Jordan, I mean, posters all over the room. Yeah, who didn't? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose. Um, and then kind of that same age range. What was the uh, eating habits like? Was it what your parents were cooking? Mm-hmm. What was it? What was on base? What was it? What was the look of that? Yeah. So remember, I only had a couple years over in England. Yeah. Um, but it was just whatever. My we did a lot of home cooked meals. Okay. Um, my parents uh, were great about providing everything and it's so fortunate growing up mm-hmm. that um they would cook yeah like so just got used to the, the home-cooked meal mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, and then like fast food would be there yeah um or restaurants would be there but it was more of that uh it was like a treat yeah you know so what what was was there any discussion about food like what is it good for or is more of here's your food you got to finish the plate uh again very fortunate my mother is a wellness teacher so she was in pe uh health um she was a coach she would coach volleyball and uh, tons of different sports Mm -hmm. uh and i remember going to my parents schools and just Playing in the just going into open gym setting, just playing, just okay. tr- rolling out the cart of balls into into the gym and just playing, playing. Um, so she had that. She was um, very much in with uh, health and wellness, and yeah. um, we would do the best we could from the grocery stores. Right. Um, remember, there was like this small co-op. Basically, you could go to get oh, some, nice. some health foods. Yeah. So I remember that stuff. So it was kind of just. It wasn't necessarily identified like this is healthy this isn't mm-hmm. it was, and it was never something to be afraid of 
you know, we'd have candy, we'd right. have sugary cereals, yeah. but everyone, it was, again, kind of that treat thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't remember a specific, any specific yeah. instances, but growing up was, yeah, yeah. So was very fortunate. A, a healthy relationship yeah. for food. Like a healthy relationship with food. There wasn't a lot of sneaking foods mm-hmm. or anything like that. Right. Um, so then when did you move back to the States? 1990. Okay. I was 12. Um, and that was pretty horrible. I came in at seventh grade and yeah. uh, I hated it. I hated middle school. Mm-hmm or junior high, whatever we called it at that point. Couldn't stand it. It seemed like everybody had their cliques they grew up with. Right. And it felt like I came in out of, and, and I didn't have a spot. I mean, yeah. I befriended some people that, were, that I still know, mm-hmm. um, but I did not care for it. And there was a lot of weird stuff happening at that point. Yeah. Um, even the suburbs of Chicago, there were some strange, there was always some, seemed like there was always fights going on. Yeah. Um, so fights with bullying the school? Piece, or, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what seemed to be... Um, was it a group of kids or just kind of that's just it was a huge school so yeah. I, I think that contributed to the fact that the, the fact that people could get lost in the school system that seems uh, pretty big you know they they could get like just forgotten um mm-hmm. not to the the fault of any teachers or counselors but right. um it eventually turned into it was the school that eventually became um wheaton warrenville south mm-hmm. high school so yeah. the facility is massive but yeah, I remember I did not care for it. Um, and then I uh, switched middle schools. I actually went to a different school in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and then a new one in, in ninth grade in high school. Different, like, so some Each of that time. was moving from elementary oh, to middle. Okay. It was an act different facility. Yeah. Or I had, or I moved completely. Right. From the country out. Yeah. So that was a, di- that was, I think actually in some ways it was difficult, but also helped me realize, uh, I gotta be ready for change, and right? Try and be resilient, make friends, do mm-hmm. the same. So, so okay. moving around that much, do you think helped you um, make friends easier? Was it? Did you hold on to a lot of those older friends in England, or mm-hmm. how, how did that? Yeah, play yeah, out? some of it, some of both. Yeah, it was very difficult, but at the same time, I'm glad that I had that experience. Yeah. Truly, yeah. I mean, it, it it helped me in a lot of ways become um, mentally tough. I think I probably had gone through a little bit of a depression at that point in seventh grade I, mm-hmm. i'm not sure but um my parents uh were still together at that point and uh so they helped me uh, a ton you know yeah. you just have that family connection mm-hmm. but yeah i'm glad i had that experience of having all that that happen mm-hmm. um i don't wish bullying upon the right. kid you yeah. know but funny enough i got into eventually got into teaching mm-hmm. and then i went back to that same exact level that i did not uh, enjoy yeah. at all. Uh, and I don't know if that's purposeful or mm-hmm. I just landed on a position in middle school. Yeah. So I guess in some ways it's kind of like I had gone, you know, I'm here. Yeah. I've gone through some tough times at this age. Right. Uh, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so you know, so, I haven't had a perfect so, life. So. so you mentioned possibly depression or what, what did that look like or feel like to you in seventh grade? I remember not wanting to go to school at all. Yeah. Um, and then horrible things like, Hey dad, can you just keep driving? Like just, let's just go for a drive. Yeah. I don't, I don't just don't take me to, don't drop me off to school. Yeah. Uh, just, just hit the road and just look out the window. Right. So, uh, that, and then trying to come, not being involved in clubs or sports. I remember not making the bat. I don't, I think I missed a tryout day mm-hmm. for basketball. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't even remember why. Right. <laughs> uh, so I didn't make a team. Uh, I decided not to like run, on the track mm-hmm. team. So uh, coming home, just kind of like, I'm going to veg out and put the cartoons on or whatever after. Um, and looking back, 
that's not like that's not very healthy behavior. Yeah. So it just kind of avoids. But, but but I think at that point, like at school, were they teaching you about feelings? Nah. Were they? It was. Yeah. No, and it was a fine school experience. I yeah. had a lot of great teachers, mm-hmm. even at middle school. Well, by high school, it got to be a little bit more like self awareness, mm-hmm. and I can look back and, and realize that was just a coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, pretty fairly good upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I just got like real serious on stuff, but mm-hmm. um, very fortunate in a lot yeah. of ways. Absolutely. Uh, so then going to high school. Um, what was your experience when you became a little bit more, uh, self, um, uh, were you making your food or making your meals? What was, what did that look like? Nope. Still just whatever my parents were, um, cooking for the okay. night. Nice. Uh, I couldn't eat enough. Yeah. I remember, mm-hmm. um, or sleep enough. Yeah. Uh, so you but, were going uh, to bed too late or you just wanted to get, no, no, no. Sleep? I was, yeah, I was doing fine on yeah. bedtime stuff because, you know, early morning practices, I started off playing football, so I was involved in football, basketball, and track in high school. Nice. Um, then I eventually dropped football. I wasn't that great at it. Uh, and I was pretty mediocre at basketball and track, too. But I mean, yeah. nothing further. Didn't lead to any <laughs> yeah. collegiate-level stuff. Uh, but uh, because of those early morning games or practices, mm-hmm. there wasn't time for me to goof off and right. hit parties or anything like that. Yeah. So, again, pretty fortunate in that regard. Mm-hmm. I remember eating a ton of Eggos. Okay. Eggo waffles. There you go. Getting those carbs. <laughs> um, bowls and bowls of cereal. Yeah. And, and still be like just being lean. Yeah. <laughs> as far as having educators as parents, did you feel a need to succeed? Did you feel that there was something pushing you or was that kind of the environment? There wasn't an unnecessary push to okay. be successful, to be mm-hmm. the best. It was, it was very natural. Do what you like. Uh, and be the best at what it, try your best at whatever that uh, yeah. task at hand is. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever your endeavors are, you go for it and do the best. I had a lot of interests, so uh, not just sports, but I like to do other things um, artistically. Like I remember trying to get into photography. Cool. And um, stuff that just didn't take off, but it was mm-hmm. fun at yeah. the time. Being part of like the uh, talent shows or whatever, the MC. You know. Oh, nice. So there was that. Whatever it was, my parents were proud of me. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it wasn't like you got to do this so that you can get into a, a good school. Right. I need you to have a yeah, 4.0 GPA or whatever. Mm. Uh, but it was part of the home culture, I guess, if you want to call it. Was you do your best. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and how how were they able to, um, I guess, portray that other than saying do your best? Was it something led by example? Was it by just telling you? Was it by sticking with you until was that your best or how did they form that kind of idea? Uh, suppose a little of both. I realize now, being a parent myself, that parents are everybody's learning at mm-hmm. the same time. You know, you, you grow up thinking your parents have all the answers, right? And uh, <laughs> at some point, you realize they're they're doing the best they can. Everybody's learning at the same point. Yes. being a parent to a three year old is different than being a parent to a thirteen year old. Yeah. You're growing in the whole. Yeah. So I remember being uh, part of that process. Um, things that worked. Um, would be what I saw. So if I saw my parents doing their best at their job yeah. or being uh, even like a parent, then I kind of, you take that, that's your role model. So, yeah. Um, that modeling behavior was there. Mm-hmm. And then there, I, I suppose there was a couple circumstances where if something didn't go well, there would be a talk. Um, but it wasn't like, again, it was never anything... Um, Specific. I think it was just a general great tone yeah. of uh, ch- my childhood. Um, 
Yeah, even in the you know, even in some of the most difficult times, what just the question like what's going on with you is great instead mm-hmm. of telling me what to do right. all the time. Yeah. How do you think you can work through it? Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. Yeah. So uh, again, I've had a great yeah. life. I'm very yeah. fortunate, and I like. I think I, the, some of this tough stuff that's happened to me, I I wouldn't even. I, I'm glad that it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for sure. Um, so in high school, w- at what point were you? Um, figuring out what you wanted to do or was there any inkling of what you wanted to go to school for? Yeah, I I liked working with kids because I started into some summer camps. Okay, cool. Like day camp. Think of like summer day camp. Yep. Um, Got involved with the park district and and started to do that by the end of high school. Uh, I actually went into college thinking I was going to get into some fitness leadership stuff like Mm -hmm. uh, exercise physiology or the like. And I started in that um, track, yeah. but then my involvement with kids, I was like, maybe I do want to teach. Okay. Um, was there a lot? It of- was never even something growing up where it was like, you should be yeah. a teacher because you come from teachers. Yeah. There wasn't any, any part of that, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it just kind of ingrained in my brain right. somewhere back there. Yeah. Someone planted that. Seed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I liked it enough. I had fun. I liked joking around and, and just like, cracking jokes with like, you know the young kids in day camp. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I was like, let's go into this. So I got into uh, um, health and PE. So I was like, let's go and take that concept of being athletic enough or moving or right. enjoying movement, enjoying physical activity. Mm-hmm. Can I get into that? And uh, I did. So I went into and I got ended up getting uh, endorsed in PE health, um, social studies as well. I had an interest in sociology. Okay. So I have endorsements in sociology, social studies. Some of that stuff just kind of comes with it. So what does endorsement mean? It means you can teach. Okay. I, I'm okay. credited. Um, okay. Certified to teach that All right. from K through 12. Okay. Uh, Very cool. Or, or in sociology terms, it would be like high school, 9 through 12. Mm-hmm. Some psychology background. Uh, and that just brought me into health. So right. being, you know, mental health yeah. was a big thing for me that I, I've started to really become uh, involved with yeah. mental health awareness. So we, so we went high school, we started teaching day camps, and yep. then this is college now? College, okay. yeah. So we, Actually, I, I really wanted to teach. I, I was like, I really like physics. Oh, um, really? I had a great my, one of my mentors and great teachers from high school is a physics teacher yeah. and, the, and the track coach. Um, still admire him. Still just retired, um, and I was like, let's get into that. There are so many math classes for that that yeah. I, I was like, oh, maybe not, maybe not physics. Yeah. But I had a big interest in that mm-hmm. uh, astronomy. Very cool. So I saw all these varied right. things that interested me. Yeah. Uh, interest me. So <clears> in uh, track, what what did you run? I ran the hurdles. Okay, very nice. And uh, did you more so enjoy the track meets, or did you also enjoy the workouts that you guys had? Well, at 15 or 16, does anybody enjoy working that hard? It's a different... That personality is really unique. To, yes. To, I've worked with enough young people mm-hmm. that that's a, that's a rare thing to see that people are, nap, are that into working out right. at that age. Yeah. Where they're willing to do the best with their diet and then be up and working mm-hmm. hard, uh, no matter what day of the week. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so no, I don't remember being like, yes, it's workout time. I uh, mm-hmm. can't re- for, wait for repeat four hundreds right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're almost almost gonna puke. Uh, but the part that I loved was the social aspect too. Okay. So just having friends, just messing around, joking around in practice. Yeah. And I like doing the best I possibly. I like doing it the best I could. It was yeah. always fun to see if I could beat other people, but right. also beat my personal time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did enjoy the meets because that's that's the test of it. Yes. But you know, because you're involved in this stuff, you can't max out 
I couldn't run only meets. Right. You're not going to yeah. improve. <laughs> it's like somebody coming into the gym and be like, I just want a Mac lift right yeah. now. Well, you're not actually going to brew without volume. And, right. Yeah. You can give it a shot. Let's see how it works yeah. out for One you. One rep max every single day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a little of both. Mm-hmm. Practices were fun mostly for the social aspect. Right. Um, so then when you're teaching the day camps and you're getting to school, um, what school did you go to? And then who was guiding your kind of thoughts? Was it a director of sorts? Was it somebody that you enjoyed? Um, what kind of picked those topics that you went into went to illinois state i toyed with going to out of state just leaving and seeing some i, I really wanted to move to arizona yeah. at that point in my life um so i tried just want to be hot, I ran, in, uh, hot in the desert i tested out yeah at northern arizona which is more like oh, you okay. get a little both yeah so northern arizona is in um where's that flagstaff uh, okay but um so i tried out with the track team what did I do? I went and visited, and, and no place really had a scholarship for me. I wasn't good enough to yeah to run um, without just walking on. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I just I dropped it. I was like, I'll just go in for the college experience, and yeah. Um, and so I wasn't good enough to run anyway. So I landed on Illinois State, and uh, it's got an amazing teaching program. Okay. Which I luckily, I mean, I got into it kind of first with fitness, and right? <clears throat> then I went into teaching. Now I do both. Yeah. You know, I teach and uh, co-own a gym. So uh, there wasn't uh, the program itself. I don't remember having a specific mentor, but overall, I do remember it being quality. Okay. Uh, the instruction was, and then the best stuff we did was hands-on. So they're called clinical experiences. Right. And you'd go in and you would uh, co-teach or observe in the actual schools that they had. They had a few schools down in uh, so normal that they, you could they go had school. Okay, so they're partnered with. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so that was even before student teaching when you're truly immersed in the yeah. school. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so you're off on your own. Your parents have been cooking most of your meals. Mm-hmm. What was your eating habits in college? Um, whatever was and there. Or drinking habits. <laughs> yeah, whatever was there. Subway. Yeah. <laughs> the meal card included, you could scan it for not just the me- the meal halls, but uh, Ooh, the bottom go. of the dorm was Subway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So n- I ate whatever I... Mm-hmm. I still kind of eat whatever I want, really. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, eating habits weren't... It was pizza every other night you know mm-hmm. um a lot of windies yeah yeah and would would you say that uh you uh worked out a fair amount or that was just more or less that you're you were trying to just maintain or is just enjoy there wasn't really an effect on your body i fell out uh, of working out a little mm-hmm. but i liked it enough that i would go i would in fact um go Go lift. You know, I had okay. a couple of buddies that were, were going to the fitness center, were mm-hmm. going to the gym. Um, it was a cheap enough membership. We could we'd spend a couple hours there. Nice. But it was it was always the uh, every other day. It you know, yeah. which was fine. It's, it's yeah. pretty good programming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't go bench every single every single day, but it was uh, like a bodybuilding type of routine. So you'd hit you made your kind of slow slow lifts. Yep. Um, so I do remember being part of that. I would do the intramural teams. So I remember doing like flag football. And yeah. Bas- and how how did you pick that routine specifically for lifting? Was it something you read in a book? Was it something that jacked bodybuilder guy in the gym was suggesting? Well, uh, I think it was a little bit of what happened during high school. So we'd go in and whatever program it was for the sport, the season. Yeah. Was a lot of like three sets of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot of mimicked some of that stuff that yeah. I had been shown from coaches in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember getting under a barbell and squatting too much until after high school. Yeah, I remember benching quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did clean. We okay. did like power cleans way back in cool. high school. How was your form? 
Uh, pretty good. I, nice. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. It's still one of my favorite lifts. Yeah. Um, we didn't snatch, you mm -hmm. know, so the Olympic lifting wasn't really there. I didn't do that in, in college yeah. on my own. So I would do uh, whatever. You could like leg extension machines, mm -hmm. um, but tons of upper body stuff. Yeah. Push up. I, I'd mess around with things though. So I remember reading like muscle and fitness magazines. Okay. Um, just looking for something that maintained my interest too. Right. Instead of the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I, I, we would do some pyramid schemes. So you kind of go from uh, high reps down to yeah. uh, low reps and higher weight, mm -hmm. back up. Um, but tons of like bicep curls. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, and was this more uh, for show muscles? Was it because you read a strength and performance thing? Or like you said, so bodybuilding and whatnot and that yeah. was kind of the main goal is the aesthetics it wasn't so much performance yeah uh, it was kind of just maintain it was almost like i knew that this would help longevity oh really? in the back of the mind sure okay yeah i'd i'd been active for my right. whole life so yeah i knew that i still wanted to be yeah active. No, absolutely um it wasn't so much for show okay uh, although there is that part that's great yeah the aesthetic part is awesome mm -hmm. side effect of training sure you well wanna, you i, look I good. mean i i was i'm impressed because i'd say a lot of people um that are, I guess, in college or high school or whatever, most of the workouts are either for performance or for show. And to have the foresight of longevity, I think that's huge. I knew I didn't want to go without moving yes. for my college career. Yeah. So when, when you say moving, I think that's... We played a, racquetball, a, too. I forgot about that. The, oh. the rec center had racquetball. So we go in there. And we, yeah. 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 So you're just, just I'm doing, doing anything stuff. and everything. Doing, yeah. Just doing stuff. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. it's not I go to the workout of the gym for 45 minutes and then sit sit on the couch the rest of the day. It's you're just always moving. Try to. But yeah. there's tons video games. Yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when not in class, there was plenty of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. But there there's definitely a portion of your life where it wasn't a forced workout. It was mm -hmm. a enjoyable part Absolutely. that this is this is what I do. Yep. Um so after college, where are we headed? So I took um, an extra year to make sure I, I took five years in college that okay. gave me a couple extra teaching credentials. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I started student teaching in 2000. So what what would be the benefit to extra teaching credentials just uh, so oh, you have more options? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're more you're able to you're able to get a job and yeah. <laughs> to start just to, you know, and you're also useful mm -hmm. uh, in case things change. Mm -hmm. Was the market pretty? What did someone say? Hey, the market's pretty competitive. You should do this. Or you? I'm not sure. I don't. Re I don't remember that being said. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been like you know, you're you're more marketable if you uh, if we should use that term. Um, yeah. To have a few more teaching endorsements or credentials to your name. Okay. Uh, it, it'll give you a chance to get it, your foot in the teaching door. Some. Content mm -hmm. areas are tough to get more difficult to get into than others, uh, and then some states yeah. need teachers. Some districts, even in Illinois, need plenty of teachers. I think it's become more competitive to get into. Absolutely. Um, but so that would be the, the benefit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And also find out what you're good at. You know, mm -hmm. find out what what you truly enjoy. Yeah. What do you have a passion for? What's your purpose? Mm -hmm. uh, I know those are kind of big, grandiose ideas, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what that's I, helpful if you're going to do it for the next 40 50 yeah, years yeah yeah <laughs> you might like it and i don't even know if i'm going to do it like I, I always have this what if i'm doing something else so i have so many varied interests yes uh i don't want to be i don't want to feel stuck i never have felt uh i don't like feeling i'm stuck in this mm -hmm. yeah forever. no absolutely 
Um, so we get our fifth year done. You start student yeah, teaching. Uh-huh. How did you choose where you're going to student teach? Pretty much no, no, that's actually open. done by the, the college. They'll place you. Okay. You get to ask for a select area of the state to be placed. Okay. Um, so at that point, it was like, are you going to stay local if you're living on campus? Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're placed kind of in that area. Okay. Usually, I think they try and get you within a half hour drive. That's not bad. Uh, I mean, don't quote me on that, but it's pretty something <laughs> something close where they're like, you're, yeah, we're yeah. trying to get you within. And so I knew I was going to try and save money and just go home, mm-hmm. live with my um, my parents at that time, and uh, and student teach from there. So I got placed yeah. in Naperville. So do you get paid for student teaching? Nope. Rough. No, you're paying. You're paying really? You're paying college tuition. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because it's still part of your education. Ah. So you're so, paying tuition because it's part. That's basically a class. It's a course. Okay. There's tons of reflections on it. You got the oh, so, lesson. So you're not just going. You're in. not a okay. solo. You know, you're working with uh, the cooperative teacher. Yeah. And uh, they're guiding you along the way, but eventually you're taking the entire class, mm-hmm. which is outstanding. It's, yeah. It's 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 basically a internship. So the system it works pretty good. Too. I like it. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could do more of that earlier mm-hmm. on yeah. in a college career. But there's also these general studies that people need. So right. I like that part of college, too. Yeah. But uh, no, I think college has its place. I know there's a lot of knocks on university right now. Like, is, it, is the school system really benefiting uh, society right. in general? Yeah. Is it preparing people for the yeah. workforce in the right way? I but, mean, uh, I'd really like my doctor to go to school. Yeah. I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> don't, don't we all want our... <laughs> professionals yeah. to be experts in yeah. that field my, you know? my accountant or but also it's not yeah. just studying which is awesome. Yes. it's not just reading about teaching correct it's getting and i would and i would like my mechanic to have hands, hands on, on. <laughs> yeah as, as well not just doing it through vr um so after your student teaching what or at, while you're student teaching mm-hmm. what was kind of your mindset along with health again since you said you were had a really nice environment to do all the fitness what was your fitness like when you moved back home for my personal yeah um i was still working out so i would hit uh oh whatever i think it was at that point the again in like another park district building or um i forget the name of the the gym but Mm -hmm. it was even before i went started to go to like export okay um there was a community Gym, like but it, 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 yeah, okay. exactly so that type of thing. Uh, so yeah, I was still working out, um, but again, it wasn't any, it wasn't too intensive. I would run. I was running a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that great of a distance runner, but I would run. Yeah, uh, treadmill or outdoors. Okay, I was involved with. I volunteered to help out with the track team. Nice. Um, and I uh, still know those those guys, the other coaches. Really uh, outstanding program. Yeah. 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 So how did you? I'm always interested where people, because I've asked this enough questions already, um, we are programming for track and stuff like that. Yeah. Where you, was it a lot of volume? Was it a lot of sprints? Like, what was kind of your, this is going to give someone the edge? So track and field is such an outstanding sport. You, it's basically, there's something for everybody there. Yep. Okay, every single, you know, if you love uh, football, let's say, you should be on the track team also, mm-hmm. throwing. Um, so you had the, you've got everything from the short anaerobic bursts of your sprinters all the way to the aerobic capacity of your half milers, your milers, mostly your two milers. Yeah. That programming looks different for every, right. Not individualized necessarily, but for every, um, talent group of, the, you know, your thrower programming would look a ton like the explosive lifts of, uh, a football team mm. or the plyometrics of the jumpers yeah. would look a lot like what you should do with your basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end you want your aerobic base for most everybody yeah and then uh i was involved in mostly the jumps the sprints 
So I would coach the high jumpers a bit, yeah. the hurdlers, the sprinters. Yeah. So that stuff in particular had tons of, not tons, it would have its day for your repetitive, so your interval work, mm-hmm. which would be your, um, a lot of LT stuff too, so lactate threshold could be in there. Yep. Uh, so, so, so for those know, that don't know what the reason for the burning is, what, yeah. what, what would your definition of lactate threshold be? It would be managing that muscle fatigue failure during a work effort. Mm-hmm. For instance, like the an 800 is a completely arduous event, the half mile. It, the buildup of the pain in the legs yeah. and then managing that and teaching, basically teaching your body how to use that as an energy system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a mental development, too. Absolutely. That mental threshold yeah. of pain tolerance. Uh, so... Yeah, works. Uh, yeah, works on a bunch of events. I love, I love the sport. Uh, again, I think there's something for every single kid, or a, even as an adult, I would still throw in some. Re- we still do this for adults. Yeah. Um, but yeah, repeats of four hundreds would be like quarter miles. We do a bunch of twos. You could do a pyramid scheme on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, your technique. Warm up mm. was big. We do dynamic warm ups. Yeah. Which means you're moving instead of just static stretching. Yes. So we're moving away from the stuff from so, 50 to So at what time years ago. was static stretching in your life and when did it kind of phase out? Uh, again, I was lucky enough to have people knowledgeable in my own high school experience. We didn't do a ton of that. Great. We would do it post-workout, which yeah. is probably your time for some flexibility. I needed to have that mobility and flexibility as a hurdler. You mm-hmm. can't go into that and not have hamstring flexibility right. uh, and yeah. hip rotation stuff. So... Yeah, lots of drills, mm-hmm. and the people that are the the best at your drill work are your best athletes. Right. It's funny when I work with some young people and even adults, they just want to get to like some muscle up a lift. Let's take like right. a snatch for instance. But the people that are great at a light open barbell snatch lift are the yeah. people that are going to, and it looks sound, and yes. perfect. Are the people that are going to be the the best Olympic lifters. Right. You know? I, I was I was going to lead a question towards that, but you answered it already yeah. before I could get there. Yeah. But yeah, the the basics for sure definitely will provide a strong foundation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, it's, no, absolutely, it's absolutely different for each focus group. Yeah, uh, you can't treat uh, you know a two miler like you treat your your shot put thrower. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you look you look at them yeah. and it's gonna yeah. it, they're they're going for different things. Uh-huh. Um, so you're helping out with the track team. You're doing your own workouts. Um, are your parents once again cooking for you again or food never really was a high priority or anything like that? I guess uh, I started to make my own meals, but the food, the nutritious nutrition thing had never been, I've never counted macros Mm -hmm. or I don't know what, you know, who's listening, but I've never been a uh, person that's needed to weigh and measure. Yeah. And look at each calorie. I think I could mm-hmm. if I really wanted to sharpen some things up. Right. Um, but I've never done that. Yeah. I, there's a place for it, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the elite athlete. Yeah. But no, I was never doing... I was always like, what's going to taste good? Yeah. Um, what's going to have uh, as many... And I'm t- I'm not that great at doing vegetables. Yeah. Um, more like a... I'm a meat eater. So yeah. I'm more like, yeah, I want a burger. I want chicken. Right. Or, and and I would say most people, their goal is to get to where you are at, is to be listening to the body and yeah. seeing, oh, if I need this to be done, I know I can do this, this and that. Mm-hmm. And the macros, more or less, like you said, are for elite athletes or people that need much better direction. 
but from you being able to listen to yourself, you have a good understanding of how your body's going to react when you do certain things. And definitely having a healthy relationship with food um, kept you away from a lot of. <laughs> a uh, but lot I'll of snack problems. like crazy. Like yeah. I, um, a candy fiend, like Halloween comes yeah. out. Oh, yeah. I yeah. take all my kids' candy out. Hey, of there you go. Do the Jimmy Kimmel, summon at your candy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I am thankful, like, I can, I can, I have the ability to snack, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or the luxury of that. I don't know. Some people cannot. Uh, they get lost in it. Yeah. They'll start a bag of chips, and mm-hmm. and it's gone. Um, yeah. But so, what? as I kind of focus on the relationship part of it, do you ever feel like you did something wrong when you're snacking, or do you feel bad about it, or it was just... I enjoyed it. Kind of tasted good. I do. I think everybody probably has that slight feeling. To to say no, I've never felt bad after uh, snacking is it would be a lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Some of that guilt, but I try not to dwell on that one day, that one meal, that one cheat. Right. I don't even like to say, "Hey, this is your cheat day." I I don't know about you, but like you've been listening to my phone calls. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, I prefer to not have people say, "I I need a cheat day." Yeah. Uh, I prefer mostly to be like, "I'm having this now because I'm going to enjoy it." Yeah. Uh, This Snickers is going to taste outstanding. Yeah. I'm going to move on with my day. Right. Um. uh, So again, I just unfortunate that it's never been. This is the only thing I'm doing. I'm not working out, and I'm only doing, blah blah. blah, Fill in the blank on right on product (laughs) names. Um, Yeah. So sure, there's there's definitely some of that shame. Like, man, I uh, I had uh, uh, what did I have recently? Um, I, don't, I can't even. Uh, what do we have at the house? I don't even like Cheetos. We got some Cheetos for the yeah. kids, but it's not. I had you know a handful of Cheetos. Uh, great, it's yeah. fine. Or Doritos. I'll go. I could okay. eat duck at house. Cool ranch whole, or what? Kind? Just regular Doritos. Oh, okay. Old thing. school. Uh, and there was this other day. I was like, I finished the whole bag, but. <laughs> So there's some guilt after, like, yeah. oops. But but, it, but it's not like it builds momentum. It doesn't, doesn't add on itself. It's just that is a singular moment that is not really going to affect the rest of no. the... I don't know even how on. to express that to others if they've got that yeah. that, that shame. Um, and I work with and I educate young people on eating disorders, too. So yeah. we talk about that mental connection of, uh, of food and mental well-being mm-hmm. and the social aspect too so i i'm not sure how to express that that i don't have um shame over yeah. eating food never be i always trying to yeah. say it but how do you get it, that across to somebody else mm-hmm. i try and say you know, never be afraid of calories mm-hmm. sometimes that clicks for young kids yeah i think i think for me what i've found has helped is a lot of understanding um because if they don't understand what, how the food is going to affect them and what the big picture looks like they'll usually see okay i do this and i gained a pound realistically they didn't eat 3500 calories but maybe it caused some inflammation they're Mm -hmm. holding on some water Mm -hmm. but when you're able to talk to someone and they're like okay like i had an ice cream bar and i put on two pounds i was like all right let's go look at that ice cream bar it was whatever dove right and it's like all right so that's that's not two pounds it, that's not going to ruin everything and we move forward yeah, and like it's yeah. okay and if you have a solid process of we're planning on losing a half a pound a week or something like that then that one meal you had that one day doesn't in three months isn't that big yeah. because it's every once in a while um that's but, a good point i like acknowledge that you're acknowledging it um mm-hmm. instead of ignoring you know what did you what was it? What did you have? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think just like a lot of people, like understanding you had great knowledge growing up, and that 
knowledge is power. So if you understand why something's happening, it will have usually a lot less of an effect um, because it is something under your control. Yeah. Um, but I think nutrition is a weak point of mine in some regards. I don't get so involved in that mm-hmm. uh, aspect. And I sh- maybe I should. Maybe that's going to be another thing that I really get more interested go. in yeah. uh, in helping others out with. Um, but I, it's a it's something I could better and improve if mm-hmm. I'm truly helping other right. uh, you know members in the gym or young people. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's a part of wellness. It's a part of uh, my health curriculum. Um, but I really try and tiptoe around uh, talking down on uh, fast food. Yeah. Um, trying to be careful because of people's circumstances. That oh, could absolutely. That could be all that they have access to. Yes, uh, I don't know what the background is of yeah. every, every student that I have in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So I never want to uh, create this evil um, McDonald's is evil, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Because it could be that that's, the, that's their, their reality now. Right. So I try and be careful on that stuff. Um, but I do want to expose the truth of mm-hmm. what's going on with American diet uh, yeah. and also our, our trends. You know? Yeah. So what, what would you say um, would be the American diet that is uh, affecting our youth? Or just, I guess it's not just our youth, it's everybody. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, we see that the most recent release on our obesity rates are that this could increase to, we're currently at potentially 30%. Um, overweight and obese individuals, and that our young people, if trends continue, would be 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's last year, two years ago, that was released by um, uh, our American Studies. Uh, so where is, how is that happening? Is mm-hmm. that because of activity? Most likely, no. You know it's not just physical activity. Yeah, We're at somewhere about 60% uh, inactive rate. Meaning Americans uh, are sedentary. Over half of us don't do anything active ever. Mm-hmm. So that's an issue. That's so a lot of nothing. Be, can't be just one thing. <laughs> right. Can't be just the activity. Yeah. Can't be just fast foods. But I think that it has become the, the processed, the industry of food mm-hmm. is incredible uh, it, because it's a moneymaker. Yeah. Um, so it has to be all of that together. Uh, yeah. Now, I'm not going to demonize one thing over the other, like right. GMOs or anything like yep. that. Uh, I'm not willing to do that, but mm-hmm. uh, I can't ignore whatever the experts are telling me. Mm-hmm. So, the, um, what is the typical American diet? I don't know. We have a stereotype of it. Yeah. Um, but it's some somewhere along the way, I suppose we could say that we've gotten away from home cooked meals. Yeah. And would that be since time is a commodity, they're going yeah. to find something quicker? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Money to what's cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into whatever grocery store you have, what's the, what's going to cost money? Right. So it doesn't have to be. There yeah. are some health foods right. that no, are absolutely. not more expensive. Yeah. What What about, what do you see as when you're in school as far as um, the health and nutrition um, that they're even serving at lunches? What is What does that look it's like? It's not great. Uh, not trying to call out any specific uh, food company working at schools it's not, yeah. it's not that great it's a whole lot of carbs yeah it's, oh, actually it's a whole lot of potatoes mm-hmm. it's a whole lot of fried stuff it's yeah. um, very little um vegetables and obviously you're working with young people so if you <laughs> offer them an opportunity to have chips yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an adult i i just talked about eating a whole thing of doritos right <laughs> yeah doritos sitting there next to and they are offered so at my school they are there right we don't have vending machines of soda okay cool um, but kids can bring whatever they want from home you know, yeah. for lunch. So, uh, you know, you toss up, hey, you've got an opportunity to have this salad bar, but it's not making money. Right. 
Right. Then why do the salad bar? Because I think, aren't there partnerships with those food companies? Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if, if it's you, ease of create, you have people that need to be able to make the, the food. So there's that time yeah. element. Mm-hmm. There's paying somebody to be a good enough cook or chef. <laughs> um, yeah. Does every school district have that? No. Yeah. You can't do that. So it's reheated uh, and it's not appealing necessarily because mm-hmm. it will look like a, and stick like a rectangle hash brown right next to your burger or whatever it is that's foil wrapped yeah um so yeah i think that's contributing to mm-hmm. everything it's but again it can't be just the school meals it's got to be a lot of things combined yeah but it's not good it, you're right it's not good uh but at least my my school does not have a <clears throat> soda machine or candy machine yeah but if it's if it's gatorades instead what's the difference yeah, I it we we still got 34 40 grams of sugar yeah. in there and it's just hey, this is what we're going to give our athletes and they're sitting on the bench or it's not not necessarily really needed for still, a majority of athletes. People still succumb to marketing. They're like, "Well, <clears throat> this vitamin water, it's it's good for you because it's the term is vitamin and it's water." And I have to tell young people, "Look at the sugar content." Yeah. Well, You're paying for or if even if it's zero, yeah, okay, yeah. fine, we're a little bit better yeah. off, but Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was going to say that some someone can definitely tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, I think they're owned by Coca Cola, but they got sued because they are not a healthy uh, drink or alternative, and the and the lawyer's uh, response was we never said we were, hmm. which I feel like if you're a lawyer, you understand the right things to say and how to get away with things, so. That could be a complete lie, but that's what I remember reading. <laughs> so it is uh, a lot of things good for you are not really advertised because a lot of money isn't really going to be made there. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's just like we don't we don't see other than I guess fruit of the loom, but that has nothing to do <laughs> nothing to do with eating quality foods or anything like that. But I can't remember the last time it's like oh go buy a watermelon or go do this. Um, We've seen the health companies lose out to that marketing. You yeah, know, they try to jump on board, going all the, way, all the way back to the '90s and the '80s of like the California raisins, and mm-hmm. uh, you you lose out to uh, the Ronald McDonald's. Yeah, um, well, but I don't know. That's a huge, it's yeah. a big conversation. I don't even know enough about mm-hmm. to even sound that intellectual to yeah. people the truth of it. But. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's tough when the foods are literally engineered to be tasty or make you come back to it or whatever it is like that that is their job Mm -hmm. and they do a very good job of it right Right. um so i think we were out of college going through uh the high school and whatnot so when did you land on your first teaching job uh right out of student teaching i interviewed at quite a few places this was 2001 i guess okay uh, 2001 and um had some good interviews. The interview process is difficult. I, I'm not that great at. I think I'm becoming better at speaking. But mm-hmm. this stuff, like what we're doing now, yeah, to be put on the spot, that's hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm much better at thinking about it and writing, mm-hmm. having some time to choose yeah. my words better. So the interview process was fine. Uh, I didn't enjoy. I don't like some people thrive on that. Yeah, I was just trying to do my best yeah. at presenting what it is. So, that, do you feel that you were? Um, nervous that you weren't prepared or that you didn't know what they were looking for what do you think i remember having some of those nerves for sure Mm -hmm. how do i get across that i'm right for the job yeah that that i can that i can teach that i know enough to teach Mm -hmm. at the same time as uh getting the point across that i'm 
still willing to learn. I yeah. don't, I'm not a know-it-all. Yeah. But um, so I was in the same, I was recommended for a new middle school that was going to open, which was outstanding. So I would, would come in. Great. If this school opened, I wouldn't be the new teacher. The students were yeah. around me. They would have no idea. Yeah. So that took place. So that happened. Uh, I was offered a health position. And I've been there ever since. Okay. So what a uh, health position as yeah. in? Health class. Okay. It's a... Um, it's a nine week. The, the structure is at that point. It was a semester class, mm-hmm. and the, the school I teach at is sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and it was a semester class. It's, things have changed since then. Yeah. Um, we used to have daily PE. Illinois was one of the only states at that point to have um, a daily physical education. I loved it. <laughs> and then other states jumped on board. Yeah. So Illinois is not the only of fifty. Yeah. Uh, since then, the, there are ways around it. There okay. are ways to get. They're called waivers. There's ways to get around the minutes spent in physical activity. Okay. And that's, again, kind of district by district to kind of get around the verbiage of daily PE. So they go by minutes. That means that we eventually got cut a little bit. And so PE wasn't, is now no longer uh, every single day, unfortunately. It's three out of four quarters. And they come to me for help for that other quarter of the year. What was their reason for cutting PE? Just because that wasn't helping their test scores or they needed to focus more on? I don't know. I, I don't remember the, the rationale behind it mm-hmm. besides just this is what we're doing. There, it's, it's out there, I'm sure. I just yeah. don't recall yeah. um, them explicitly coming out and saying we need better test scores. We're going to spend more time in yeah. you know, English language arts. And, mm-hmm math and all, you know our core subjects absolutely need attention and time but we know we know our test scores go up with physical activity and right. recess it's been proven yeah so um but I'm, so so for people i'm that, not sure what they had as yeah. the rationale yeah so to kind of get on that statement um why do you think uh physical activity um I, let's not just limit this for kids why do you think physical activity is better for your mental health and abilities to perform well we know that, that the oxygen to the brain uh it's not just in the muscles to the brain yep. helps so that that learning your brain's gonna be like a sponge like let, let's think of the uh the body after activity so you've broken down every the systems okay you're building and coming back stronger. Think of like a, maybe a specifically a muscle cell. Brain's mm-hmm. pretty. That after activity, your body's kind of like the sponge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's going to thrive on what you put into it, what it's already got there to restore. Uh, so your obviously your car, your proteins, your your carbs and fats. Okay, so, but but the brain is very similar. Mm-hmm. After physical activity, it is like its own little sponge. It'll yeah. soak up. It can make connections. Yeah. Um, and learn. That's learning, in ways that while sitting stagnant for hours, it wasn't going to do. Yeah. So you're lighting up your neurons from that physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one point of it. And the other issue is just having a break in the day. Yeah. Um, so that you're not sitting staring at uh, a teacher talking. You're up and moving. We're getting into uh, progressive schools are doing a really great job at this. Yeah. Uh, they're not sitting in this lined what you think of as a classroom right. anymore. Uh, I pride myself in some of that too. But in really? a, a lot of regards, we're still doing the kind of the old-fashioned thing from 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Students are sitting and getting. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, as much as I can, we're trying to be up and moving. We're doing yeah. some uh, active work, both physically and mentally active. Cool. So so the, that's the progressive stuff. That, yeah, I think okay. s- some schools are doing things that are not traditional schools, you know, or they're doing um, more um, projects, project-based learning, and things that really get the student involved in their own learning process and choosing yeah. where what is they they're interested in with that guidance from the teacher. 
whatever yeah. whatever content area that would be. Um, so instead of just reading uh, about something and then regurgitating that on a test, they're really immersed in it. They're yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, but back to the point of being physically active for, for the brain, yeah, just boosts yeah. those the neurons. So so for uh, adults that are adulting, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that are mm-hmm. sitting in chairs, they're probably not at the office right mm-hmm. now. But if they when they get back to the office or even they're on Zoom or doing the e stuff, um, what should they be doing and how long? Uh, do they kind of just start somewhere and see how they feel? Like, how do they test or you'll kind of know right away? This is why stand, upright desks and treadmill desks and stuff like that, they're, mm-hmm. they're starting to make some sales as people are interested in moving instead of just sitting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a potential start. But that stuff is expensive, too. Very. Uh, you can easily simply, as much as possible, set an alarm, limit yourself if you can mm-hmm. to a certain amount of work and then get up and move around the house. Yeah. If you're stuck at home or get your workout in. Yeah. You know, take your hour break. Uh, or if you're better off, you got to mess with it a little bit. Yeah. Doing your workout early in the morning so that the rest of your day is on schedule. Yeah. Um, uh, there's not one way to do it. Okay. You know, TED Talks are significant because TED has it down to the attention span of us, which uh-huh. is about 20 minutes. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. Actually, I, it's starting I, to become like more like 15 or 12. I, I've heard that they have a timer on there and you better... <laughs> You better be listening to that timer when they tell you. They know what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, can we only work as an adult for 20 minutes? Now, you know, no. You just do your best work yeah. sometimes where you're just really engrossed in it. Right. And and I would say that's like the same as nutrition or anything. Like there's sometimes that things are working really well and you can just keep going with it. And then it's just, I think when there's a strict plan for things, you rely too much on the plan instead of actually figuring out why the plan is in place. Mm-hmm. So if you can break that down and think about it, that's that's important as well. Sure. Um, so you're teaching. Uh, at what point did you find this thing called CrossFit? I had been work. So I was hitting the gym while teaching, mm-hmm. um, and I had some years of PE in there as well. I found out I'm much better in the health classroom. Yeah, I'm just more challenged. I'm better for the more useful for the students. Mm-hmm. It's that's where I was, I'm meant to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess I was messing around with new, different training methods, like instead of, again, the three to five sets and then the core or the cardio separating, yeah. I was looking for something to keep my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I messed with some plyometric training. I was always running. Cool. I even threw, there was something I read either online or again in a magazine where it was like, let go of the, let's do bench press, but you're going to let go of the barbell. At the top of the price, I had even did crazy things like that. It's so unsafe, right? Uh, I guess not necessarily just like an empty bar- barbell, but no. So it was it was almost think of like a, you know instead of a med ball throw, it was the yeah. bar. So there's just that some of that stimulus of. <laughs> I was great. just trying anything. I didn't yeah. settle on that. No, absolutely. And uh, I, I saw somehow it all kind of came in the same, at the same point about 2008 for me. Okay, where. I had a friend that tried some stuff out with CrossFit, and it was almost within the same week or the week after or before that I saw a muscle up for mm-hmm. the first time uh, outside of like the Olympics, right? When somebody would do a ring routine, yes. But I saw somebody using it on it was a bar muscle up. Nice. I'm pretty sure instead of rings, and I was so amazed that somebody could do a a pull up mm-hmm. into a dip. Yeah. I'm like, what is the, how are they doing? This is incredible strength. Mm-hmm. Where are they getting it? it? Led me to CrossFit.com. Yeah. 
Uh, now, and at that point, CrossFit was very much, and now, it's funny enough, here right. we are, however many years later, <laughs> yes. it is kind of a dirty word in a yes. lot of ways. Yep. And, uh, and, and so be it. It's got its faults. Yeah. Uh, always probably has. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and now we're learning a lot more about how it's, yeah, it's tons of faults up high, high up. But uh, yeah. at this point, I saw Greg Glassman was programming, uh, or at least CrossFit.com was doing mm-hmm. a workout of the day. Yep. And I tried one. Yeah. It was Angie. Oh, that sounds terrible. And these named, I had to look in, like, why are these named, how come they're named workouts? And, yeah. and I, at some point, some some of the videos that I checked out were like, they're kind of like storms. Mm-hmm. So they're named like hurricanes and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Let me go, give it a go. I was like, are they doing all of these hundred pull-ups in a row? Are these consecutive? Are these unbroken? I had no idea. So I went to the, at this point, I'm at um, an Export near where I lived. Yeah. And I'm on this skinny, gnarly pull-up bar. And so I was like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go 100. The, the workout is anyway. It's 100 pull-ups, right. 100 push-ups, 100, 100, 100, 100. Um, sit-ups, I want to say, and yep. 100 air squats. Yeah. So I start off, and I get, and I'm like a strict pull. I'm not yes. even great at pull-ups. Yeah. I'm, I'm 6'3". Yeah. 200 plus pounds. Yeah. I'm There's not a lot of bars that you get to practice on. <laughs> not great at strict pull-ups. So I get through sets of whatever I can eke out. I'm counting every single rep. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I get to like 50. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I can't do more. So I, I stopped the pull-ups at 50. I'm like, I'm going to go finish. Yeah. I walk up in traditional, like, um, you know, global gym fashion. Right. I take my, I get a drink of water. Yeah. <laughs> I walk upstairs or whatever. I take my sweet time. I do the 100 push-ups, the 100 sit-ups, 100 air squats, and I was ruined yeah. for days. I yeah. A couple of days. I was so sore. I was like, I got to teach myself. They seem to be doing this, like, little gymnastic movement, which I didn't know was a kip right. at the point. Yeah. I knew what a kip up was. He's okay. getting off the ground. Yeah. You know, where you, somebody kicks up off the, you're laying on your back. Oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard that. Long story short, I I, lo- I liked it mm-hmm. enough. So I started to toy with it and throw it in every once in a while. And yeah. I decided eventually at one point I'm going to dive uh, head first. I'm truly going to go three days on one day off. Yeah. No matter what day. Oh, cool. Holidays included, weekends included. And I did that for a solid, and I never, I didn't miss. Mm hmm. Um, I did that for well over a year. I That's incredible. Dot com programming, whatever yeah. it was. If it was a five k run, I did it. If yeah. It was a, if it was two, I remember them programming one one time a five k run. Everybody complained on the message board, message board, and uh, so the next day, five k run programmed <laughs> a second time in a row, and I thought that was a brilliant like screw you all. Oh, you, absolutely. You, you want to be constantly. You want to be good at everything. Here's right. Two, three mile mile runs back to back. Yeah. So I thought that was so funny. Uh, so and just, just, just to break down that kip real quick. I found some quick. results. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people that have not done CrossFit, which there's a lot of them, um, the, what would you say the kip is useful for? Uh, the kipping movement, you know, don't quote me, but I think it's it means you're recruiting the hips mm-hmm. in a way that's going to generate momentum. Yep. To go from the, the middle of the core to your extremities, yep. the limbs. So in the instance of a pull-up, you're generating some hip action yeah. in order to uh, help yourself get above the pull-up bar. Right. It's a cheating pull-up, mm-hmm. basically. I think it has its place. Yeah. I don't think it needs to replace a strict movement. Correct. I don't know if it should ever. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know if we need to get rid of a kipping yeah. pull-up either. So I'm listening to everybody out there that's telling me different about how it does. It should not be ever utilized for the general public. Mm-hmm. But you know, what is that general public? Sure. <laughs> Interesting point. So that being said, I think that a kip action um, has its 
it, you can use that in a, a couple of moves to help yourself through the range of motion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's not like you're saying I can do a hundred strict pull-ups. You're like, I'm going to do Angie. It's going to take me less than two hours to get a hundred pull-ups in. I think it took me like 30 minutes the yeah. first time, which yeah. is not a very good Angie time. <laughs> Um, with half the pull-ups right and and kind of like we talked before and it's time and place like it's necessary if you want to be working on your anaerobic mm-hmm. capacity mm-hmm. you're going to need to keep if you're going to be doing strict well come back in a couple of years when you can do that many strict pull-ups like it's not going to push us forward um i've noticed it it does a different it's a different stimulus it's going to get your cardio system it yeah. skyrockets the heart rate well i mean more. fran looks a lot different mm-hmm. if you're doing strict mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah or if you're doing a front squat right and strict press versus a thruster movement yeah so yeah there there's momentum based movement in life and mm-hmm. it's okay it's, yeah uh, your olympic lifts are momentum based right so, uh, and if we don't like if we don't like kips i see a lot of people doing bicep curls that they're they're kipping to get that up there yeah it's true too <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm i don't knock any i like every whatever workout regimen works for people is getting people active 100 I'm, I'm in I'm yeah in, i like it i don't yeah. i try not to i might laugh here and there at something that that you see that's just kind of yeah. ridiculous but i'm sure people do that with the stuff that i yeah. do too but it got crossfit got me moving so in a yeah, way that i really developed a, a a passion for yeah. if you can use that term uh, for my own fitness, okay. I actually started to get in, interested in it and wanting to be involved in um, in training for my own for my coaching for the kids that I was coaching. Cool. So I coached cross country and track and field for 15 years um, before I before I had to give it up for family reasons and because I ended up co-owning a gym. But I never yeah. got into it thinking I'm going to open up a gym. Right. I liked it for myself, and then I thought, I'm gonna if I get certified, this will help with my knowledge base for yeah. the students. So, what was level one like back then? It was you. Had, there wasn't even one in Chicago when I wanted to get certified. Funny yeah. enough, it was Milwaukee. Okay, was the closest one in the Midwest, and this was 2009. Um, and I transformed my garage into a place where I could work out because I had uh, a, at that point I had a one year old. So I couldn't leave and do a 15-minute drive right? and then spend an hour plus at the gym. 15, you know, there's too yeah. much time away from yeah, home. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was training myself there and kind of just learning as much as I could on my own. Mm-hmm. But I decided I'm, I'm going to ask for the certification money from my family as a holiday gift, as a birthday gift. I was like, I don't want uh, – I actually just want money to get certified yeah. instead of a – clothing yeah instead of any any other gift so yeah. i remember that year asking for that which i think was a smart investment in mm-hmm. myself uh, for sure uh, and i traveled i went went to milwaukee um with another teacher that um was interested in their pe teacher at my school so great we both went wow and got the certification in a weekend so was it what what was uh the workout that you guys had we did a ton of i remember having a lot of great people that i looked up to um chuck was one of the leaders uh chuck carswell is high up in crossfit um jolie was the first games w- winner i want to say okay she was there as a part of the crew the seminar staff mm-hmm. so i remember having people there that and there was a couple others i think todd was part of it some people that really um helped my helped in a weekend yeah just have me um my mind well i shouldn't say like mind blown but really mind opened Mm. to correct movement patterns to programming how to structure something for young people all the way through adults yourself scalability yeah i loved it yeah Uh, there's a nutrition aspect too Mm -hmm. um yeah so that so 
was that the question how was that that actual the weekend yeah yeah, yeah. Was just and the workouts there i think there was one that was like a tabata maybe like a air squat only okay or push-up yeah so something some body weight combo yep. so tabata's 20 seconds on 10 seconds off and so what was the uh and we did fran okay perfect which is uh pull-ups uh, thrusters and pull-ups yep so as far as when they uh suggested tabata um i guess coming from a track background you kind of understand the time yeah um domains and stuff like that but what was their reasoning behind tabatas in general uh, i think it i think it was just the intensity could be maintained instead of asking for you to do uh you know five, even five minutes which is still kind of short time time domain but to keep your range of motion the intensity and the reps high yeah uh, but I remember them being like, you know, keep the ra- keep the correct range of motion. Don't shorten these push-ups or, or squats. Yeah. Uh, but the, I think the rationale was you're doing intense work with a really short rest mm-hmm. for that energy system and to uh, just to in a short yeah. period of time to, to get your workout it a different way. Yeah. To get your workout doesn't have to take uh, mm-hmm. 45 minutes to an hour yeah. on an elliptical. Uh, but at that point, I had already been tri- you know mess. I was bought in. Yeah. So I didn't need to- convincing on it. Yeah. So how how much more do you think you're eating since you started doing CrossFit, or what what did your nutrition or food intake look like? Um, I think I've just been kind of doing the same thing throughout. Uh, still, it, it was still still the same. Toe the line. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. eating what I what I yeah. what I want. Uh, I think I sharpened it up quite a bit. I lost some of the um the body, the dad fat that kind of started to come on. Yeah. Um, but uh, nutrition wise, um, yeah, I was doing. It's kind of the same stuff that yeah. I've done. Um, mm-hmm. So I met Mike, my co-owner at Amplify, at the certification. Oh, okay. So yeah, that that was going to be my next question. Where did I was going to say how long after the certification did did you actually the idea come forward met to open him. a gym? Me and uh, Anthony, one of our, our other owners for the first year, went there together. They okay. Had somehow connected. Um, and Mike was doing some stuff out in St. Charles, who was open in Naperville and St. Charles are basically the only places I knew in the suburbs. Yeah. Outside of Chicago, that were was that Tri City Center or okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw, seen, and at that point it was so small that you kind of knew people by name yes. in the area, which was really cool. Yeah, it was this like kind of underground. See, I don't know if it's really underground, but it was this. It was very much. It wasn't competitive for gyms to say, "I don't want to talk to you." You know, you're competing, competing crossage. Yeah, it's very open arms. Uh, so, you know, Neil and Luke out of Naperville were, were helping us out. Uh, Mark out of uh, Tri-Cities. Mm-hmm. It was all just very much family-based. Um, and uh, so Mike was planning on potentially opening up in the area of um, Naperville, Woodridge. And that's where I lived. Cool. Or I still live. Um, Lyle. And I remember them seeing me when, you know, I, we kind of introduced each other yeah. in the seminar. And then came out later that they're like worried that I'm going to open in the same area, and they're like, "Oh, we got to find a new area now," you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I never had plans of doing that, so yeah. we just kind of saw each other, and then saw each other at another uh, outdoor workout later on that year. And uh, I was like, "Why don't you come to my garage? I got it set up. I've been training some friends for fun." Yeah. And uh, they eventually eventually connected, and they uh, asked if I would open <laughs> open up with them. I had a lot of I had enough. I had a uh, compiled. Four or five barbells. Nice. Uh, I had enough space in that in that garage. I had five pull-up bars um, where I could get a bunch of people. At, and That's these fantastic. It was really good. Yeah, you absolutely. You could get three to four yeah. plus people working out at the same time. I yeah. had enough space. Uh, yeah. 
it just took me a while to get there. You know, a set of dumbbells given from neighbors and, you know, things like that. that right. Really cool. Uh, bumper plates, I, I eventually asked, you know, for some money again, like more holiday gifts. Yeah. Where'd so, you even get bumper plates back then? You couldn't really get very many good bumper plates. Yeah. Because they were either really expensive or from like Eleco or whatever. Right. Um, uh, so I had to search a place that was down south called Right Rubber. W-R-I-G-H-T. I, that's actually where my bumper plates are from. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the first set I got. Cool. And they, they're, some of them have lasted over a decade. Yeah. That's impressive. So, yeah, some colored ones, too. They're colored plates, which I always I thought was kind of neat. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> so I started there. It was before Rogue opened. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if listeners are even understand what we're, you know, I don't know who you're listening to. Oh, yeah. Are, but. No, they, okay. hey, if, if they don't know, they know, they know how to use Google. Um, so Rogue, as we're talking about, is equipment. Um, so what was, he said, hey, I'm going to be opening this gym. Mm-hmm. Do you want to open it with me? Yeah. Was there a business side or yeah. I guess how did the conversation go? They wanted to, I didn't have time. Yeah. I was pretty, uh, from the start, I was like, I don't have that much time mm-hmm. to give. I'm coaching. I'm teaching coaching. Yeah. Um, I had two kids, two young kids. Right. Yeah, like you said. At that time. I, just don't, I don't have time. Um, but I do have equipment. Yeah. So I can, this can be my part of the, the deal is we can use all of this stuff to open up a small right. warehouse facility. Nice. And that was my buy-in. So, yeah. And then I can coach uh, when I have the time to coach. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah. I'm interested. That, that, so that was it. It was kind of like uh, we started to train people outdoors in the park in Woodridge mm-hmm. for free uh, at nights just to kind of get a base going. Cool. Um, and uh, at that point, Anthony had Amplify Fitness he was running. So mm-hmm. we were like, can we use this name also? Yeah. And we did. And, uh, you know, so we lost Anthony after the first year. Um, good guy, good start to things. So mm-hmm. it's been Mike and I ever since. Yeah. And that was 2010. Yeah, so you guys, I, I, you guys have been around for a long time in the in the CrossFit community. Um, uh, obviously, we're running a little short on time, but I mean, walk me through uh, how that's been, just opening a gym and affecting that many people. It's it's been work. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a ton of time. It's a ton of energy, but it's very rewarding too yeah. because you see people come from all walks of life and. If you're successful enough to stay, the first month we just want to make rent. You're right. <laughs> first few months we just want to gain people, and we're working for uh, for no money. You know? That yeah. still happens yeah. as an owner. You're not really doing it for the money. Um, you're hoping it can sustain as a business. Yes. But the 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 business side of things, we were never business people. Mm-hmm. Okay. We never got into it thinking this is a money making thing. I think some gyms got into CrossFit seeing the spike and. You're right. In, in its boom and then for wrong reasons potentially thought we're going to make money they didn't put enough time and energy into caring for their members yeah or even the programming and i think that they've mm-hmm. fallen by the wayside um i don't know too many that have done that i just know there are stories out there right the people that i have been involved with as gym owners are uh, usually in it for the same type of reason. They like physical activity. Yeah. Uh, they they like the social part of that. The Absolutely. Social you're not. Uh, you're basically not in uh, earbuds or headphones on your own piece of equipment. Yeah. Uh, listening to you're not engaging. You're not talking with somebody else. Just kind of on a treadmill or an elliptical. Right. Um, 
And so uh, the impact on the community has been it's stuff, stuff that I never thought could occur is like you never realize people are going to become friends because mm-hmm. you open a gym. Yeah. They're going to become, they're going to get in a relationship. We've had, you know, marriages, yeah. kids born and they met at the gym. That's just this cool side effect yeah. that you don't think of when you're like, let's open it up and train people. Yeah. Uh, that's the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. The other side of things that you don't think of when you want to train people is stuff like scrubbing toilets. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that the other stuff that uh, owning a gym, you don't think of ahead of time is the stuff that's not so fun. The, right. The cleaning, the uh, if there's any issues with members, you never think ahead to that. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to have somebody that doesn't get along. There's going to be arguments. What right. do you do in that scenario? Yeah. So. Yeah, but it's been a ride, man. It's uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it forever and sustain because it's a lot of hours. Uh, yeah. But uh, it has been able to thrive mm-hmm. for this decade. Plus, we just say our 10-year in April. Yeah. So if... Right as quarantine hit. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, so if somebody was looking to join across or join look at you guys, um, how would they find you and what would kind of be your... Uh, would there, is there any limiting factors that someone should be aware of before they walk into your doors? Um, yes and no. There, the limiting factors would be um, <clears throat> any issues in um, pertaining to like injury mm-hmm. or uh, range of motion. That's always an issue is how can I help you move correctly? I think... And even if we don't keep the CrossFit name forever, it's just a strength and conditioning program. I think anybody can do CrossFit, can do workouts. Right. Anybody can work out. Yeah. Is it for everyone? Maybe maybe not. Kind of mm-hmm. depends on, on goals. Yeah. So let's go specifics. If somebody has a range of motion issue and they're not going through a full squat, how am I going to help you do some stuff that's helping you out for your own longevity and your lifespan? Mm-hmm. With that, with while realizing we're programming one workout of the day right now, yeah, um, we're scaling that for everybody. It's not going to be an individualized. It's not personal training, right? So that's a limiting factor. Mm-hmm. Um, or what if you don't want to? What if you're like, I don't want to be on the barbell. Yeah, I don't. That's not. So, that's something I'm comfortable doing. Yeah, I don't need to. At my um, level in life or age, even, uh, I don't need to snatch or something like that. Yeah, to- totally understand. So those would be the limiting things, but it can be for everybody. Yeah, it's just a matter of how. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to find us, it's pretty easy. Just, you know, it's easy enough to find any close gym. Right. Word of mouth helps. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Wonderful. For any for any gym, people talk about it. I yeah. like going here. Yeah. Day, day and age of social media, people post about it. Right. Basically, tag or their or the check in where they are. So that stuff helps. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so to not to switch topics too quickly, um, but uh, your first book, we didn't really talk about that at all. Uh, how did you even think about writing that? Um, you won some awards as well. Uh, if you want to talk about those. Yeah. So I mean, in teaching, um, I was involved in uh i started to get involved in presenting a little bit more at the state level with other educators and mm-hmm. uh, what is, what is presenting mean? meaning i'm talking to other teachers okay so i'm at conferences okay um and uh just speaking engagements yeah know. uh very fortunate to be involved in some of that stuff and that opened up some awards so i got some accolades in uh starting in 2017 uh state teacher of the year cool uh, midwest health teacher of the year and the national yeah health teacher of the year uh so there's a little process in that which was really neat mm-hmm. a couple of interviews some writing prompts to do video lessons very nice um so extremely fortunate in that regard um you don't get into teaching for that stuff but it is a nice it's nice to hear right 
but also it was energizing. Yeah. You know, so in some ways it ha- it has energized me. It stop- has meant that I want to keep going yeah. and keep improving. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some of that, I've always been writing. So I've been pl- blog posting for a, a journal articles, okay. professional journal articles, and um, maintaining my own blog. What's the and name was, of the blog? The website is Life is the Future. Cool. Yeah. Life is the Future. It's kind of my compilation for all the everything I do for writing, teaching, and then um, it's just, my, I guess, my self-promotion stuff. So uh, I got this, had this opportunity at the start of 2019 there last year where a company... Um, had my name passed along to them that I could be potentially a writer for their book for nice. puberty book for boys. And, uh, so when you think, Hey, I want to publish, uh, for me at least, it wasn't like, Ooh, what uh, topic do I want to <laughs> write about? Yeah. A uh, puberty. You know? Yeah. That's not the one that came out of the hopper. <laughs> no, but like I, I, I'm involved enough with health and, uh, and young people that I was happy to do a writing sample for them. And they were like, yes, please do this. There's plenty of books out there, not plenty, but there's some for girls named mm-hmm. uh, aimed at, uh, again, binary, kind of like binary gender. Right. Um, but there wasn't a lot for people growing up identifying as boys. And yeah. so I wanted to help with that market. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was already a outline that I could follow. Yeah. Uh, but I had a ton of freedom at the same time. That's awesome. Uh, editing team. Um, and yeah, so I did it in a rush job from winter into spring from uh, 2019. I had like six weeks to do it. Wow. And, and you know, I've mentioned this on a couple of different places, different interviews, but it was uh, very much what you would think of with hard work. Yeah. It was, it, it was arduous. Um, it was difficult, but it was also fun. I liked yeah. the process. So That's a lot nice. of late nights yeah. you know, after teaching and coaching and then a few early mornings uh, and then lots of editing. Yeah. And, uh, so not the 40-hour work week and then no, no. go Netflix. and no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it came out in July of last year, summer of yeah. last year. It's called Growing Up Great. and uh, It's on Amazon. It's been, oh, yeah. yeah yep. it's in, you can walk yep. into Barnes & Noble. Yep. It's a real thing. So you can go grab it. And, and uh, it was very Again, I keep using that that word, but I've been very fortunate in my whole life. Yeah. I had that circumstance come up. And, so, uh, if if someone were to buy this book, would yeah. it be for the kids? It would is. it be for the parents to read for the kids? What would? I guess I skipped over that part. It's written towards the boy. It's written to two boys, nine to fourteen. Okay. Um, a little bit on that, maybe even the younger end of that yeah. spectrum. But it's written to the boy. Little humor in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the parents can use that as a great supplement for parenting. Mm-hmm. Teachers could even use it a little bit if they right. want to. Uh, there's an outstanding kind of like sister book for girls. Again, we're talking like binary uh, split here. And I'm just waiting for more books to come out that are for non-binary conforming individuals. Okay. Uh, I still think that the book is inclusive enough that people could pick it up and, and feel like it's useful. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wanted to make sure. Th- I wanted to make sure that there were some resources for everybody out there. Yeah. Uh, no matter what gender. But this one is specifically written to the bo- the boy. Yeah. And then I, I have another one that's just written. So um, uh, again, more fortunate in my life is that I'm going to continue to write. Awesome. I got one that's done. The final edit is basically due. Well, it was due last week, and so I'm doing a couple extra things to it. Yeah. And it's still yet to be titled. It'll be something, it's the same audience. Okay. Uh, or actually, slightly younger. This will be kind of a, like a prequel. Okay, cool. So Growing Up Great is for like 9 to 14-year-olds, and this one is going to be something like Puberty Book for Boys, Starting Smart might be in the title. So yeah. Like starting Off Smart or Starting Smart is mm-hmm. in there somewhere. It'll be for about a 7 to 9-year-old, yeah. bo- again, boy. Yeah. And then I'm hoping that this keeps opening up my a writing ability to to yeah. more teen all genders mm-hmm. maybe some more teen self-help stuff yeah yeah very cool so the the basis of the book is um 
is it more so to help the individual on what they're going through and kind of understand that everything's okay, like this is natural, because there's not a lot of that conversation. Like as you walked in the house that we talked about today, like most people don't understand what even looking inward means, let alone when they're in elementary or middle school is that. Right. It's a skill. Yeah. It's difficult. Most adults can't, don't have that, that mindfulness approach. Mm -hmm. Um, And that self, uh, self reflection piece is hard to do. Yeah. Um, yes. So I think there, it is a, a guide in that case of more than just physical changes. There's a big focus on what your body's going to go through. People right. wonder, am I young people, especially my normal people mm-hmm. worry. We all did my yeah. normal. Also, I want to be unique at the same time as being like everyone else. It's yes. a fun dichotomy, you know, uh, but it is about the physical changes, but there's also some things in there about social mm-hmm. development, mental development. Um, nutrition is part of that physical activity. Yeah. That's a nice kind of well-rounded approach to physical, mental and social well-being. But yeah, yeah. it absolutely is a kind of a guide. It's not going into a ton of depth mm-hmm. because remember it's written for a exactly 10 to 12 year old. <laughs> Uh, but it's a, I think it's an outstanding supplement to teach to parenting. Yeah. So if somebody was had a young person in their life, then it's really nice to kind of read through and have something to refer to. Yeah. But also you can kind of piggyback off of it. Let's mm-hmm. say that your kid is reading it. Uh, and there's a lot out there that are like that. You yeah. You just have to kind of follow the right uh, the right, right. And I have a good list of other resources in the back of that book. Okay, parents cool. Use websites. Yeah. So that you're not just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, we're feeling the same thing as parents. Am I normal? <laughs> Am I doing the right thing? Right. Uh, you know, everybody's looking for some help mm-hmm. on it. But yeah, I'm proud of it. Uh, it. It came out. I think it's well done. Yeah. Our art, the illustrations are, are well done. Um, I like that there's a diverse cr- crowd there with abilities mm-hmm. um, and races. I think that was important yeah. so that it could read, the reader could feel like they're represented. Right. Yeah. Um, well, to finish it up, we'll finish with the last two questions. Um, the first one is, what is your definition of health? Not the dictionary definition, but like, what are, what are you striving for? Uh, health, without a dictionary definition, I think health is life. Uh, that is uh, a term that I use from, from the start of any student coming into my classroom, wondering, what is the class about? Yeah. And you can think, you can have these stereotypes of what a health teacher or health class is. And we've gone, some of us have gone through that and Mm -hmm. it was lousy experience. Maybe it was this pull out class from PE where you got a talk about food and probably some stuff like don't do drugs (laughs) and uh, don't have sex. You know, it's probably that type of talk. It's ridiculous. It's not, it wasn't benefiting anybody. Um, but uh, the new health programs are talking all about life, the, mm. the, the highs, the lows, uh, you know, everything in between. So in a word, uh, I always start by just explaining that health is life. And then you can get into sp- specifics from there. Once you break it down, yeah. you can go into people love triangles and circles like a wellness wheel yeah. or a health triangle. Yeah. So then specifically you get, start to get into like de- dictionary definitions like mm-hmm. it's physical, mental and social well-being, which right. it is. So yeah. that's, I found myself... Uh, just trying to believe that uh, that health is life. That's why I kind of use that phrase. Life is the future for my for my website and my podcast. Yeah, and stuff like that. Um, and then the last question is: What is something from your life that someone might be able to take away as a positive to use in their life? Oh man, it's a tough one. Because um, there's so many different ways to live. Yeah, uh, I hate to say to somebody that that this is the one way to live. So maybe it's that point is yeah. that there's many different avenues to success. In yeah. Life. 
what I found is that it's okay to have multiple interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to pursue some at uh, different times in the life and see if they work out for you. If you truly have a, 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 a passion for it yeah. and a talent for it. Right. Um, but that it, it can also happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so just from my own standpoint, I like that I'm able to write. I like that I'm able to teach. Yeah. Uh, I like that I'm able to coach mm-hmm. and all at the same time try and parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but, uh, but it's okay. So I suppose just the things that I've learned is that it's whatever your way of living is, if it's helping and benefiting you and it's not harming others, yeah. that that's okay. That's fine to live that way. And, you know, just have fun, I suppose. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alex.